Hello and welcome everyone to episode 3 of the Nerd Switch podcast. My name is Dylan and today I'll be your guide through the multiverse. Joining me today, my good friend and fellow nerd, Jeremiah. Hey, thanks for having me again. Of course, happy to have you, buddy. And then this is a bit of a special episode because also joining us today are the lovely hosts of the Average Joe Show podcast, Amy and Sam. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so while you're here, since you're joining us today, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show and kind of what you guys are about? Well, what we usually say, we're the, we're the, we're the freaking brother-sister combo of a lifetime. Uh, we, uh, me and Amy, we've just lo- always loved movies and games and whatnot, and we could talk about it forever. And we just thought, oh, let's do a podcast. And... So we talk about movies and whatnot, and, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never too crazy. (laughs) So last night we all got together and we uh, took some time to watch what's becoming one of my favorite movies of all time, and this is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, Probably a movie not a lot of people have heard about, but I think it's one that kind of needs to be seen if you haven't. Um, I remember on your guys' mm-hmm. podcast, you were diving into the multiverse a little bit, and you were talking about how there were so many like multiverse-themed movies coming out that this is one you had heard of but just hadn't gone to see, you know, for fear of just having more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, having seen the movie, before we get too deep into it, I just wanted to kind of get your guys' impressions and thoughts. You know, what did you think? I... Like, going into it, I was actually really wanting to watch, like, before getting into the movie, I really wanted to watch it, and when it came out to theaters, just here in town, it was just not at theaters for very long, and we never got the chance, but I think it's by far, like, the greatest movie of the year, but I think that might just be recency bias, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would say it's the best multiverse movie, like, right now, like... Like, just comparing to, like, what Marvel was doing with Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. Just, like, the consistency of it. It's, like, I don't know what's happening. And this one just keeps it simple. Mm. By just being like, oh, yeah, you just slingshot yourself into another one. And that's how it goes. And it's <laughs> like, yeah. something weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen the movie three times now. And every time I watch it, I pick up more and enjoy it more than the previous time. So I was happy to have you guys experience it for the first time with us being there. Um, Jeremiah, I know it's the second time you've seen it. Second time, both times with you, which has been such a great experience. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to spend some time today to kind of discuss it and kind of give our thoughts. And uh, there probably will be spoilers later on, but we'll kind of... Try and keep it brief. We'll just keep it on the down low. Yeah, if you okay. haven't if you haven't seen the movie, for those of you who don't want any information, this is definitely a movie that is best seen with less context and less knowledge. So if you haven't seen it and you're curious, go watch it. It's really good. It's worth your money and time. Don't even look at the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> go in completely blind. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, let's go ahead and flip the switch and talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. So, before we uh, dive too far in, I want to kind of just go over the plot briefly, which is hard to do because it's a multiverse movie, but it's also at its core kind of a family drama and comedy and horror movie. 
action movie, you know, all that. <laughs> but you have the Wang family, uh, consisting of Evelyn Wang, played by Michelle Yeoh, who I know I've seen somewhere else, but I'm not quite familiar with a lot of her other movies, but she kills it in this movie. Um, Joy Wang, the daughter in the family, played by Stephanie Sue, I believe, who also is one of her first, like, leading roles in a movie, and she does a fantastic job. And then my favorite inclusion in the movie is, uh, Waymond Wang, whose name I'm gonna butcher, but I think it's, like, K. Hugh Kwan or something like that. <laughs> but for those of you who don't remember, he was the one who played... Short round, clear back when Indiana Jones 2 and the Temple of Doom came out, as well as role in the Goonies. Data. Data. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been off camera for 20 years, and this is the first movie he's come back for, which we'll dive into a bit later with kind of what he does in this movie, but I think it's just incredible, the range that he has for someone who hasn't acted in so long. But that's the bulk of the family. There's also the kind of father or grandpa played by uh, James Hong, who goes by Gong Gong in the movie. Not in it as much as the other three, but still a pretty key part. And it's just a lot of uh, family drama between them, running a laundromat, you know, being kind of lower class in the USA, running a failing business with a marriage that's also perceived as failing, while also kind of exploring the multiverse. You know, it's a hard thing to tie together, but the movie manages to do it. So having the topic kind of out of the way, I just want to go around and see if there's anything you guys want to talk about in particular with the movie. Anything that sticks out to you, but not starting with me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Let's I'm go. looking at you, bro. <laughs> um, things I really enjoyed about going over this movie is incredible storytelling. And their interpretation for this movie was done super well for how they can get around in the multiverse. It's hilarious, and in not a science way, but does make sense, that if you do something super embarrassing, you'd really not want to be you right now. So you're going to want to go somewhere far away, and you're going to want to jump to your other self, where you didn't make that choice. Mm -hmm. I didn't and even think of that. <laughs> it, it really fits. Like, it really works out. It's like, oh, this is how you don't want to be here in this situation? Do something super embarrassing. Maybe you'll jump to another location where you didn't do this. Yeah, it was completing, like, the most random action to kind of somehow propel yourself to that line. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, it's making weird choices you wouldn't normally make to then go to another world where you would have not made that choice. Yeah, it delves very deeply into, like, life path decisions with the way it looks at it. So basically every point in your life where you would have made a decision that's substantial, you know, it's saying there's an alternate reality where you didn't make that decision, and then everything branches on from there, basically creating these countless universes just based on what you've done as a person individually, which I think is a cool way to look at it. Um, as far as, like, explaining it, I think it does a really good job explaining the multiverse and how it works in this movie compared to the other examples we've seen. Marvel does it shakily and messily, in my opinion, but it, yeah. it's fun to watch from them. But this movie I appreciate for kind of putting in more effort to explain it and also flesh it out into the context of its own story. For such, like, a out-of-the-box thinking and then just this movie, um, it wasn't in theaters very long. Like, it wasn't a big release, 
but they put a lot of detail and thought into their idea for this. They really did think like of great story for it, how it's going to play out, how it can work so it doesn't contradict or anything. They did a lot of work into this, and it worked out really well. I think it, it was just... I think the biggest thing that uh, that hurt the movie was that not a lot of people saw it because it was a rated R movie, so it, very, it, it shortened, like, the... the um, wow. It, 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 <laughs> it, it made the viewing, like, the focus group very, very small compared to, like, a PG-13, like Marvel. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. will watch more Marvel stuff because it's more appropriate for younger audiences while not a lot of people will watch it just because of the rating of it being rated R. But That and it's also put out by uh, A24, which mm-hmm. is a studio that's much more well-known for kind of like art housey mm-hmm. projects, um, movies like Hereditary, Midsummer, everything like that. Doesn't see as much footwork in in the theaters as far as people going to see the movie so yeah i don't think i've ever seen an a24 movie in theaters it's always been like <laughs> oh we're watching it at home now right. <laughs> don't ask me what a24 movies i've seen other than this one <laughs> i was telling one of my friends like oh yeah it's an a24 movie you should watch it and they're like uh the sauce and i was like no <laughs> no not that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movie studios. I mean, just this year mm-hmm. they've released one or two other movies that I was a pretty big fan of, so I'm pretty happy to see them putting out something this good. I think this kind of tops even a lot of their other movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about you, Amy? Anything in particular you liked from this one? Or I really liked the story. That's like, where I'm at, too. Yeah. Like, it's such an easy thing to do, like, family drama stuff. But just, like, doing it in a unique way that, like, sets it apart from, like, other ones makes it real good. And it, like, hits close to home in a lot of those aspects. Give you the feels. So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this movie's hurting me. I love it. Yeah, it's... I'm feeling things again. <laughs> Definitely an emotional roller coaster. That's that's for sure. Yeah, because that's, that's something that I really like about the movie is the is like the general message of the movie um, is seeing like I don't know what what I got out of it like what really attached me to the movie and attached me to the characters was like most people they they see failure in their lives if you don't see failure in your lives you're the one of the most positive people I've ever met <laughs> and but like seeing this family um, like go through all this like go through this this uh, quote-unquote failure of, like, having a business that's not doing very well, um, the marriage that's not doing very well, and the relationship with the mother and the daughter, um, and even um, the relationship between the mother and her father. Um, And it was just... I thought it was very interesting because... And it did sort of hit home because, like, a lot of times I see myself like in life being like oh i have all these dreams and aspirations that i want and then all of a sudden failure comes and it just doesn't work and 
and I always overthink of like, oh, what could have happened if I did this? And <laughs> everything everywhere all at once was just like, this is what could have happened. You could have been, uh, you could have been a kung fu movie star. You could have been, uh, you could have had long hot dog fingers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of what the movie does is it messes with the idea of kind of gaining perspective and understanding um mm -hmm. specifically between you know the grandpa gong gong to his daughter to her daughter there's a generational gap that is pretty broad there whereas you're looking at the daughter figure who in the movie is gay which is something her mother i i feel more acts to accept than like genuinely accepts it but the mother is so scared of her grandpa finding out mm -hmm. that it's like she never wants them to really talk about it and it's just kind of swept under the rug that way and it's a lot about just trying to get into the shoes of another person that way and a lot of the movie's conflicts kind of get resolved once they actually start to understand each other specifically the mom and the daughter because the daughter also just never really felt connected and loved by her mother because you know the mother character also had a divide with her father where she basically or the the father let her go very easily at one point and kind of had the mentality of like, you're not my daughter, you're going off to be with this loser, you know, get out of my life. And mm -hmm. that kind of sticks with Evelyn's character, the mother, with her own daughter, where like she tries to be what her father wasn't for her, but you can tell it still kind of resides, you know, from one generation to another, kind of that divide within the family. You don't want to become your parents... And then in doing so, you kind of start becoming your parent. Right. So yeah, that's one part I think works really well for the movie. It's a lot of perspe perspective and understanding on the family drama side. And then, you know, it ties that in to the multiverse in a pretty cool way where you learn uh, her daughter. So there's the two main universes it talks about is the one where our version of Evelyn is in as well as the alpha universe which is established as being like the first universe to make contact with the others and then you learn that evelyn's character in the alpha universe was the one that was this like genius scientist who made that connection but in doing so when she found that her daughter in that universe was like the most prime candidate as far as actually like exploring the other universes she pushes her too hard and her daughter ends up becoming the main antagonist of the movie, which is like jo uh, Joji Tupaka, Sriracha Chupacabra. <laughs> El Chupacabra. Uh, <laughs> no, it's Jobu Tupaki is what they call it in the movie. And she's this character that just kind of exists in all universes at once, which makes her really powerful uh, within the movie. And she spends the movie kind of just wreaking havoc and are you saying that she is everywhere and everything all at once pretty much wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah a lot of it focuses on the conflict between our version of evelyn and her family existing in current family drama while tying it in to the wider story with the other universes and jobu tupaki kind of wreaking havoc everywhere that way so it, it balances a lot being the movie that it is, but I've never seen a movie be so broad and dynamic that pulls it off as cleanly as this one does. So really impressive stuff. Um, but since we're getting into the characters a little bit, I do want to kind of go around and get our thoughts on the individual performances within the movie. Starting with uh, Evelyn Wang, played by Michelle Yeoh. 
what did you guys think of uh, her performance in this movie? Really good, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like she did a fantastic job. I really and one thing I really enjoyed with this movie is normally I don't really sense it too much from movies, but character development in a movie. I don't see it too much. Like, if you have multiple movies, you can see it progress. If you have a series, you can see it progress. But to have a movie character, to have a full backstory, detail about how they're feeling, and then to actually show them progress through the movie is amazing to do. And she portrayed every emotion for it. She was able to develop as a character through this movie, and she did a great job at it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? What did you think? Um, I I liked her a lot. Um, like just yeah, that that development of where she was at the beginning, where um, the only thing she was confident in was uh, telling her daughter what to do. Right. <laughs> She's being like, hey, "You need to do all this," uh, and and uh, but she wasn't confident with uh, when she went. And did like the tax stuff, and she struggles with the language, and there's that crazy language barrier. But then you don't really notice that toward like you see a confident and a whole new person that's actually developed at the end of the movie who mm-hmm. who is compassionate, who is who cares about caring for other people, but doesn't really like judge and whatnot. Because that's her biggest flaw is her judgment factor at the beginning of the movie yeah. and then at the end of the movie she changes that she takes that judgment out and replaces it with this loving nature that she mm-hmm. has and I think it's really cool and she was able to um, show like a realistic sense of how that looks like because you you see parents that are like that or just other adult figures that are this very controlling doesn't seem like they're very loving um, characters and they're too worried about the image that they have for whatever circumstance it is, like an image of like how a company should be and like their the work team or like especially like a family, that dynamic. But yeah, yeah she definitely had like that picture that she was like she was lower class. She had a small apartment. She felt it was small and she felt just belittled in that position that she was in mm-hmm. and it shows like that she kind of grows out of it and she's like she kind of grows into where her situation was that she starts to appreciate these decisions that she has made and where she has ended up i think especially like like the first time that she like jumps to another universe she isn't with her husband and she's like a famous actress that knows karate the first thing that she was like, oh, dude, I got to tell my husband how great it is, how this universe is, without him. I got to tell him right now. Yeah, she can be pretty brutal in this movie. She's very blunt. When talking to her family, because after she experiences one of her alternate lives, she immediately tells Wayman, like, I saw my life without you, and it was so good. <laughs> Dang, what the... <laughs> I loved my life without you. Like, why didn't I make that decision? Dude, and he's such the sweetest person ever. He was so nice. Right. (laughs) So yeah, just really good range from her. I she wears a lot of hats in this movie, and she has to do a lot as an actress. And I think she nails every part of it. Um, But moving along from her, let's take a second to talk about the daughter in the family, Joy Wang, played by Stephanie Sue. What did you guys think on her part? 
So did you say that this was her first big performance? That I know of. Um, from what I've heard, she hasn't done a lot of acting, or at least nothing like huge. So I think this is technically her debut role. Hmm. That's super cool. I saw that she was in Shang-Chi, but I think she was probably just like a background person. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm not sure. But she looks super familiar. She had the scene uh, when they were talking about how, like, Shang-Chi and his friend were not living the best lives. I think she was playing the character who, like, had oh, a good job. Oh, she's that yeah. character. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. How <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned. <laughs> she was the person that's super judgmental. Now she's the other way around. The, the one who's being judged. <laughs> right. Yeah, she plays kind of a tragic character in the movie. Because when you're looking at her from the angle of what we're just going to call our universe, she's, you know, she doesn't have a good connection with her mother. And the rest of her family, she's uh, she's gay, so you know she's already dealing with that stuff, which is still touchy in this day and time. And and it seems like she's not openly gay. That's that's like that's a big problem. Like yeah, that's a, that's a big she definitely had too. a lot of the like shyness and kind of concealment mm -hmm. of it, which you know is not personally relatable for me. But I know it's a thing that a lot of people have to deal with, and I know it's not easy. But I that's think. Okay, dude. <laughs> I'm not gay. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I swear. <laughs> but yeah, she does a really good job. I mean, she's got the broken family angle. She's also, as a character, just depressed and kind of hopeless as you get into the movie, which also ties into her like other portrayal as Jobu Tupaki. And you know, she's a sad character. She plays the villainous angle, but I think it's a villain you also kind of emphasize with because she's got the real-world elements that tie her into being relatable and you can kind of emphasize with how she's feeling during the movie. Are you meaning empathize? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Emphasize. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm like, mm, that's not the right word. <laughs> yeah, she, similar to... Uh, Evelyn's character, she just wears a lot of hats. There's a particular sequence when she's first showing up as the bad guy in a hallway where she meets her mother from our universe where you see her have like 10 costume changes and she has this huge range of characters she's basically portraying in the one scene. Mm -hmm. And it's just fantastic the way that she's able to pull it off. It, that scene I thought was one of the kind of highlights of the movie. But was there anything else from her that kind of stood out? Like, we'll start with you, Jeremiah. Anything from her character you particularly like? Um, a lot of stuff you kind of pointed out. Just the range that she is known as, like, a villain character, but it's something that you can relate to, to this character. A lot of villains, you'll see that they have their agenda. They have a... They want to take over the world. They want to do this. Destroy the world. They want to do something. But this character was... In the sense that they were being everything and seeing the the universe as a atom world, they were they were seeing it as just like how everything is the same. It just changes its molecular code just to like change the way things look, and so she can only see things in that way after she was put through the test to jump to other realities. Mm -hmm. and as she was able to see everything that way, 
she thinks that the world is meaningless because the time we have is so short in comparison that we make all these decisions. Any decision you make can change your whole outlook on everything, but then at the same time it also means nothing because that they're, they're all there, right there in front of her. She can see them all. Mm-hmm. And she kind of loses touch that she just doesn't want to be there anymore because she is there. She's everywhere. Right. So she gets to this point where she's like, I want to go. But she does one thing where she wants, she has this little, little something inside that's saying, let's see if we can't find a reason to stay. And mm-hmm. that's where she looks to her mom for help. She's yeah. looking for someone to tell her another way. Yeah, the movie kind of toys around with the idea of, like, if you exist to where you're, you exist within everything, does anything really matter? And that's kind of its view on depression and despair coming from Jobu Topaki, or the more villainous angle of the character, whereas it ties into her more real-world, you know, source of that those feelings with her family. And I think it's a cool way it balances it. Sam, how about you? Anything that stands out with her? Um, I think I think we're just uh, this is a, this is just a, re, re, a broken record, but she's just so good. I, I like her. Um, like she, it still just boggles my mind that she's just so new at this, and she she did so good. Um, there was one part that uh, that I noticed that. I'm like, oh, I'm not a big fan of this acting thing. Um, was her first, like, she was sitting in a car and she started, like, crying. Her crying face killed me. I don't know what was wrong with it, but I was not into it. But <laughs> other than that, um, it was just, it was, she was just so good. You could, you could sympathize with her. You could, you could see the, I don't know, like, like when you, when you look at her character um, this, the message that it gives to each, to each of us, the, I guess the point or the, the message that I got from it was, uh, if you feel lost in your life, if you feel like nothing, like if you feel like nothing's going well for you, like there is some way that you can change it and make it all better. Not, well, you probably won't make everything better, but there's a chance that you can make it better. If you change, you can get out of that hole that you feel like you're in and that's what this 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 everything bagel is is that hole it's it's like you're stuck in like and she feels like that she's stuck in this hole and she can't get out of it and she want she wants life to be better but she struggles with the with that constant failure as well she felt like she was overworked and now she's just tired she's done mm-hmm. and I think what we should take from it is just you, like I I I just see more than just the storytelling of her character. I, I'm just a sort of distance from her performance and whatnot. But um, she's just so she's just so talented on like on helping that that storyline and that message go through, like and come out and be able to have the viewers interpret it and. And help it mean something to them. And that's what is super cool about this movie. Is that this message is so wildly important. Especially to... I don't, I don't know... Well, yeah, especially to me. 
not saying that I am depressed and I am all this, this, and that, but like I can, there's some points where in life where you're going to be in a rut. There's going to be a point where you're stuck in that hole, but you can get out of it. If you reach out to the people that, that, you know, love you and the people that you love as well, they can help you get out of whatever you need to be. Right. Um, yeah. I'll stand off my... I'll get off my pedestal. <laughs> thank, thank you, Dr. Sam. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. What about you, Amy? Anything you want to add on this performance? Um, where to begin? I love the costume design of just, like, everything. Like, I think all her designs are, like, peak. I just love all the styles that they did. They're all so colorful and all unique. I don't even know where to start. It's just so good. Like, you guys already nailed everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that she didn't come across more as, like, a two-dimensional villain like we've seen in so many movies. Um, I'm pointing at Black Widow for its depiction of toxic masculinity. I forget his name. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was about to say Ivan Drago. <laughs> but that's Rocky. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, I just I like that they gave her so much depth and kind of portrayed her as not just the main villain, but an essential part of the family as well, which gives you two different ways to look at the same character. And I just thought she did a good job. The way that she acted in it, the way that the role was written for her, it all tied together really nicely. Um, how about the the secret superstar in the movie, Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh! <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Kiyo Kwan. Uh, Dude, secret I, superstar. I, heard, I didn't know that she was in the movie. So when I saw her, I was like, there she is! No way, it's her! Right. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, she plays, I think it's like Deidre or Di something? Deidre. Deidre? Deidre. Yeah. I don't even want to know how to pronounce that last name. <laughs> Beaudire? Beaudire? Yeah. <laughs> now I want to see this, what the heck? <laughs> it's like Deidre Beaudre... Beaudre... Uh, Insert Google Translate clip here. <laughs> the B A U, the B E A U is Bo. It's Bo. B yeah, yeah. We're, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting off the last name, so I can't even. Remember, so I'm giving up. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, she plays kind of this IRS agent that is the one who's auditing the Wong, the Wang family and their laundry business, and kind of she also plays an antagonistic role in the movie. Which works really well because she's just really funny in the role and kind of intimidating and scary. <laughs> she, did, she did really well for like going back and forth between characters to like, because again, it's, it's a multiverse. So you've got all these different um, emotions and characters you have to kind of play when you're playing this one character. Right. Mm -hmm. And she did really well jumping from back and forth to being a... IRS agent basically doing her job, dealing with tax, possible tax fraud, um, <laughs> to going to a completely different character of uh, a follower for Jobu Tupaki and trying to kill our uh, lead character. And to kind of side note there, um, one thing that we didn't really explain yet uh, so what they can do, there's this thing in the movie that they call verse jumping, which allows you to kind of 
neurally connect yourself to an alternate version to acquire their skills and memories, if that makes sense. But what they do to do it is you have to complete this really like random action you see in the movie. There's times like, where like Deidre like random and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> a, like Jamie Lee Curtis has to staple a receipt to her forehead before she can hit the link to kind of become like the WWE version of herself. She just becomes Michael Myers. <laughs> she just becomes Michael Myers. <laughs> I would love to see Michael Myers do a flying drop kick. <laughs> So yeah, just random stuff you have to do that allows you to briefly inhabit another version of yourself. Like our main character, Evelyn, uses it early on to kind of tie into her kung fu alternate reality to fight Deidre, which is just really cool. But man, seeing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis become a WWE wrestler and just do all this like ridiculous <laughs> stuff you would never see her do anywhere else. It's just how creative the movie is. But yeah, continuing on with her character, Amy and Sam, what did you guys think of her performance? Uh, sorry, I'm going to backtrack. <laughs> I'm going to backtrack. That was a very long <laughs> But uh, with them talking about how they burst a jump, like when he was explaining it to Evelyn, like how to do it, he gave the example of like, oh yeah, just tell, like, it would like be you telling. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis that you love her like giving her like a sincere like <laughs> I love you and I sat there and I was like oh yeah she just has to say like a genuine I love you to whoever she's fighting and that's her thing <laughs> so I was like oh yeah it's just the one thing that they do like mm-hmm. the dad just like eats like chews on something that's weird eats and some, that's, chaste, that's, that's yeah. his, that's <laughs> his some chapstick and then becomes like a great uh, <laughs> fighter with his Wonderful fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> that part's so good. But yeah, I thought it was like the one thing. And then when she started doing like other stuff later in the movie, I was like, why did she snort that, that fly? What is happening? What, what's going on? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the idea is, um, is that your universe is like a center for where you are right now. Mm-hmm. If you have the technology that they, the Alphaverse created, they bring that with you. They, um kind of scan your brain they scan your brain waves and then that is like a link into the other realms that are around you mm-hmm. and what it is is it links what's nearby any universe that's like really close mm-hmm. and then they find where you want to go say it's like a few uh universes away they find the closest one the weirdest thing there that you would do mm-hmm. if you commit that it's going to latch on to it, but then kind of like elastic, you're going to get, like, slingshotted past it. So you'll go mm-hmm. to the destination you want to do. Mm-hmm. And they give you a list of things that you have, that are like, you could do to get that slingshot to work. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Evelyn learns to do is that she doesn't need the slingshot. She can just do a weird thing. And then go to a random universe and try to think of where she wants to go. She won't always make it there right away and it takes her time to like figure it out. But eventually she learns to just kind of picture where she wants to go. She's there. And then she can kind of use that world's Evelyn, what their skills are, what they have, to use it in her own universe. Mm-hmm. 
Now I kind of want to rewatch it because, like, let's just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it now. We're stopping this podcast right now. We're gonna watch it. Bye. <laughs> Well, we'll wanna... be back in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if, uh, like, if some of, like, the weird stuff that she does links to the other ones, because I can see, like, her being like, oh, you have to genuinely say I love you to Jamie Lee Curtis. During... That could be, like, acting. Cause Cause, they, yeah. Because they're saying, like, oh, you have to break your arm if you want to... Like, the only other option is to break your arm. She, and her, she had the two options. She had break her own arm or take a nap. And <laughs> he even questions, like, you're not tired right now, are you? <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis just comes busting through the cube there, destroying it and freaking her out even more. So it's like, no, she is not tired. And try saying I love you to an angry, scary version of Jamie Lee Curtis that now knows how to WWE. Macho man Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <Macho> <laughs> man, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Say Mike Myers. Oh, Michael Myers. <laughs> Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to kind of finish talking about her character, you see her later on also kind of get a more, you know, human view of her character where you start to connect her more with Evelyn and they start to understand each other's situations. And it kind of puts her into a more touching moment later where it's like you see the range again on what these actors had to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Lee Curtis does a great performance while being kind of just a side character, essentially. But it's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. I like seeing... Sorry, I forgot that we were talking about that, and then I was like, wait, go back. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, one thing that I liked is, like, when they first show her, she's, like, just a, like a straight-up, like, villain character. And how they have her just be Michael Myers and just, like, trying to kill her and all that. But then, like, going throughout the movie, we're, like, in the Hot Dog Finger universe. Her and Evelyn are, like, either married or dating or they have a, a relationship. They like sticking their hot dog fingers into each other's mouths. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you don't need to talk about it. Just a wet hot dog. Ketchup and mustard comes out of their fingers. Ah! Oh, that was pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, just the progression of, like, just Evelyn just being, like, like just scared of her. Just, like, trying to avoid her at all costs, like, throughout all the universes. But then at the end, like, just with the hot dog universe, (laughs) just, like, it slowly shows them, like, coming back together. And it's just, like, that whole thing, like, throughout the movie where it's like, oh, now we understand each other. Now we love each other. Well, like, if you, like, the thought process being like, oh, if I have this romantic relationship with this person and then... (laughs) How could, like, if I could have a romantic relationship with this person, and I really don't like this person in our universe, there's probably some sort of way that, like, I know that this person's likable and lovable, so I'll try to tap in. Like, she, she's just like, oh, this person's not as bad as I thought they would be, mm-hmm. and then she's vaping with her, with, yeah. vaping with her outside <laughs> of her shop. <laughs> <laughs> Vaping scenes always kill me. It's just, it's always just, I always feel like it's just a joke, like Baby Driver. It's just like, oh, they're hotboxing their Challenger or whatever. <laughs> that's a side tangent. Uh, <laughs> so, moving on to my definite favorite character of the movie that we talked about a little bit earlier, but the character of uh, Waymond Wang, played by the name I can't pronounce very well. Kwan. <laughs> So, like I mentioned, his first rollback in, like, 20 years, and he, I think, ties this whole movie together with his performance. It's one of the most impressive performances I've seen, 
period, if, and definitely probably the best one I've seen this year. But uh, he just he plays a character that initially is, you know, he's trying to keep everything together, trying to always look at things from a positive light. And even though he's seeking the divorce with Evelyn, it's revealed that he did it to more try to kind of work things out with her rather than actually intending to, like, follow through with it. And he just wants this life with a wife who he loves. And he even talks about how, like, I see the way you look at me sometimes. And, you know, it's just not there. But you see him jump around to different versions of himself in the movie as well. So there's our universe, Waymond, which is, like, the lovey, kind version of himself. And then Alpha Universe's Waymond, who we call Alpha Waymond, is the opposite. Where he comes in being this, like, badass fighter... You know, telling Evelyn everything she needs to do to get her into the ability to kind of, you know, explore the multiverse in the same way. And Alpha Waymond is so different from his counterpart. Like, Alpha Waymond is quick to violence, and he even is pretty quick to dismiss our universe's Evelyn when he doesn't think that she can kind of accomplish his goals, or the Alpha universe's goals. And that's just a, a contrast with, with our Waymond, who, you know, is the complete opposite as well as another version of him we'll talk about a little bit later, but with his performance, like, what did you guys think as far as what he did in this movie? How did it make you feel? Oh, <laughs> dude. Um, to quote Amy and our freaking... Uh, oh, quote don't Amy, steal it from me. I was <laughs> okay, 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 no, never mind. I won't say it. I'll, leave, I'll leave you to say it. Um, <laughs> I'll say um, it for the both of us, don't worry. Okay. Um, but... He is just one of the most likable characters I've seen in a long time. I don't know if there's a person in this world that would hate, like, uh, like main universe... Uh, Wa- is it Waymond? Waymond. Waymond. Yeah. It's Raymond, but with a W. Okay. Waymond. Waymond. It's a baby. Uh, not to make fun of your name, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, um, he, you know, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I loved his character so, and like, yeah, what you said the range, the like the versatility of uh of the actor's like performance you could just, I think, just the excitement of him coming back into uh into acting, he, he just takes total control of that would be like, uh, he goes to the director and the director's probably like hey we want you to act. And he's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, everything. We want you to act every single thing you possibly can. And he's like, I can do it. Please. I can do this. <laughs> he just took that idea and ran. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's the, he's the, you said this yesterday, he's like the person that stuck out out of all the characters. He's, he's the best performance um, that we see in the movie. Um, the his lovable nature is so genuine and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's an actor it just feels like uh the actor himself is uh is just being himself he's not like it feels genuine not like something that was written on a piece of paper and he read it mm-hmm. like how some actors are especially if they haven't acted in over five years. He's not reading a cue card. I yeah. Have to say. Yeah. With a, yeah. a twenty year pause, you could definitely do a lot worse with the <laughs> yeah. performance. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could do better. 
Uh, what about you, Jeremiah? Fantastic character, for sure. I definitely feel like he was the character that kind of kept this all together. Um, from not only, like, just, just from his perspective. Like, he has his own side to things. Like, Evelyn is our main character who's going through, who's having to learn a lot. But we're also learning from Wayman's character. He is kind of like the guide, the teacher in the end, that really gives the greatest, like, a really great story message from for this movie. And then throwing out there that he's he's got his humor to his character, the action that he brings in, and then the development from him is mm-hmm. what he brings, is what really kind of brought this movie all together. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know, Amy, you said you had something you wanted to add about him. <laughs> um, which episode was it where... It was our talk- Marvel episode where we talked dude, about... Dude, our the- very first episode, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like me a good dad character. and she loves dads. Yeah. She loves dads. <laughs> and this is definitely someone that I'm like, oh yeah, that's my dad. I can't be mad at him, he's my dad. He's my <laughs> Brendan Fraser, like... I can't be mad at him. He can do no wrong. Right. <laughs> he, ki- he killed all those security guards. Uh, no, I don't see it. He's my dad. I love him. <laughs> I see that nothing. smile. <laughs> that big smile. <laughs> yeah. I also love how cocky and arrogant like the the alpha alpha Wayman is, because uh, he, like, he's so cocky and arrogant and full of himself. Um, to the point where he doesn't want to look like uh, like main universe Waymond. He has to take <laughs> off his glasses, put it away, and then he's just like, "I'm in character now. This is me. I'm not this. I'm not this nerd." Very direct, you know. Yeah. He's just like, "I'm here now. I'm better than this Waymond. I'm the best." I thought it was great for doing that because it really showed like switching character on the spot, just mm-hmm. from being like normal yeah. Waymond to going to a whole different character. Yeah, mm-hmm. gave me a good chuckle too. Like the scene where Alpha Wayman elbows like the file cabinet or something, trying to get it out of the, out of the way, and he's like, "Damn, what a weak body." <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, main universe Wayman also just doesn't care that it's like, wait, why are my glasses just in my pocket? What's what's happening? I remember putting those there. <laughs> When he, what a fast elevator ride. <laughs> what a fast elevator ride. Wow. When he goes back to being like our universe Waymond after the uh, fight scene with Deidre and he's like, what happened to my hand? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because he gave, <laughs> he gave, him, <laughs> gave him all the... <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that just... was intense. <laughs> really good stuff. One um, thing I, I want to know if you guys noticed, but um... Throughout the movie, we kept seeing all the googly eyes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Do you know who it was that was actually putting those out? It was Wayman. It was Wayman. Really? Yeah. 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 We, we, I found, like, while watching it this time, I noticed, I was like, I wonder who's doing all the googly eyes. <laughs> and I saw that he was, um, when he was doing up party decorations, mm-hmm. he held one of the uh, red lanterns. And he had put googly's eyes on it. <laughs> and and he like he, he looks at Evan. He's like, "Oh, better hide this. She doesn't want to see that." <laughs> he like books it. He's like, "You can't take him away from me." 
Yeah, there's a scene early on when they're in the chaos of trying to manage the laundromat, and she's trying to find all these customers' clothing that Waymond moved upstairs, and he's just such a lovable guy, because she's like, why the hell did you move it upstairs? And he's like, I think the clothes are happier up there. They're happier up there. <laughs> they go upstairs, and they're like, see, there they are, they're happier. And then she throws the Google eyes off, and she's like, no more Google eyes. Google eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, love all the different things too. He had it on the baseball bag, just <laughs> random stuff in the in the buildings. <laughs> so when he was jumping around the laundromat at the beginning of the movie that you see like on the camera feed, right? Uh, was that Alpha or was that? Yeah, just that was, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like the no, first time Alpha. Yeah, I was like, was that just a yeah. weird character trait that he had? <laughs> <that movie? laughs> so the first scene you get where you start to realize that this isn't really just a family drama. There's a scene where you see our universe Wayman just kind of like jolt up and then all of a sudden he like whips his glasses off he's looking around the laundromat and then he's like parkouring over the washer <laughs> machines they did it so sneaky because like all they did was uh, have it on like the security camera in the back yeah well like because uh, it was like uh, i think evelyn was like doing something where she was chatting with someone and then in the background it was the security cam so like if you notice you can see him like running around but then it like zooms in with like him like running around even more. Yeah. But, but then it, like, like, goes... Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, it goes back to normal so quickly because the second they look back at the camera, he's just dancing like a normal <laughs> goofy yeah. dad with the other dude that was showing up in the laundromat. Right. Okay, the, cine the cinematography is so good. I, is that a normal A24 thing? Is just how crazy good this is? It is. There's That's one thing they're pretty well known for with a lot of their projects. Mm -hmm. Like, the first shot where you see, like... You see, like, the mirror or something, and you walk through the mirror, and then, like... Right. That's actually very similar to uh, Hereditary's intro. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a scene where it, like, pans in through a dollhouse, and then the room you're looking at in the dollhouse just becomes the house they're in. So they do a lot of cool tricks like that that really, like, visually are just impressive. Mm -hmm. And the movie does a lot. Um, Everything Ever All at Once does a lot with... Uh, how it's filmed as well because you see when they jump to different universes they might use tricks like switching to widescreen or switching back to full screen filming with a different camera lens or a different like mm -hmm. uh, aspect ratio and even messing with kind of the frame rate sometimes so mm -hmm. they do they do a lot mm -hmm. to kind of immerse you into the idea of not being where the movie is telling you you are you know mm -hmm. i know during the movie i was like Hey, wait a minute, did it just go widescreen? Wait a second! <laughs> like switching from, like, IMAX to, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, did it just... Sam, help me. <laughs> like, yep, it happened. <laughs> Sam, why did they do that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's cool. <laughs> well, like, I think I, like, looked down for a second and then looked up, or, like, I blinked and I was like, hey, it's different now, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, and then one more thing I want to add on Wayman's character. So when we look at the typical portrayal of, like, a male hero within a movie, you often see them start out as, like, our our universe Wayman, where maybe they're weak or kind of a pushover, and then they eventually evolve into becoming what is Alpha Wayman. But this movie kind of does the opposite, where Alpha Wayman is not what resolves the movie's conflicts. It's, it's actually our version of Wayman, who through his unique perspective on life, is kind of the force that changes everything around him. Um, so to kind of expand on that, so like normal Waymond is kind and understanding, 
And the movie's conflicts are only resolved through him basically teaching Evelyn how to understand and be kind in the situation, which allows her to connect with her daughter after seeing things kind of the way she sees it and understanding how she feels. So I thought it was cool that the movie kind of denied that trope of, like, typical character ascension. You know, and Waymond, our universe Waymond, enters the movie and exits the movie as the same person. He doesn't undergo any change. It's everyone around him that changes through his actions, and I just thought that was a really cool way to kind of handle it. But that's a lot of the main performances. There's also Gong Gong, played by James Hong, who is the, the grandfather of the family, who mostly falls into, like, an antagonistic role. You know, he's got that... He goes, like, a little bit of both, because yeah. he has, like, the, the uh, our universe Gong Gong, where he's gone gone. Mind-wise, because he, he's old, he's frail, he, uh, even, like, during, like, the big crisis in the IRS building, he's found in the break room eating their tapioca pudding, <laughs> minding his own business, but then he comes out of nowhere from Alpha, the Alphaverse, as Alpha Gong Gong, and he's, like, their, he's their leader in the Alphaverse, he's the tactician, he's their general... And he's commanding their whole units and telling them, like, that Jobo Topaki is the bad guy that he, that they need to stop him. Right. He's like, Evelyn, you need to kill your daughter right now because it gives her one less universe to inhabit. And she's like, she's my daughter. How could you ask me to do that? And he's like, how do you think I feel? But it's necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a letter of the law kind of person that I feel like is is one of those characters that's not like the true antagonist but it's like like that that wall that's put in um i'm trying to think of like another character that's like that like <laughs> morbius um <laughs> we keep bringing this up um, <laughs> it makes me mad <laughs> uh but uh morbius uh you have him being the protagonist, uh, Milo being the antagonist, and then, like, this side antagonist is, like, the police force. And the police force is Gong Gong uh, uh, in the movie. And I'm sorry that that was the only thing I could think of in the moment, but that movie's so good. Go watch that movie. Screw no. no. watching. No. <laughs> I want a new take, please. <laughs> Just do over, do over. <laughs> Sir, we're going to have to cut this podcast short. You guys got to leave. <laughs> so, we're looking for some new special guests. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch these guys' podcasts. It sucks. <laughs> All they talk about is Morbius. <laughs> about I just Morbius. want a Morbius. So bad. It's Morbius. Pisses me off. Don't do it. <laughs> Sorry. That's the only way I could think of what his character was. I feel like he has more of like a ripple effect. Meaning? Like uh, like just like things that he's done has affected his daughter and then now that's like affecting how she, she treats her daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's like with all of them. Like it may not be the extreme of like oh my granddaughter is like in, like, basically the Antichrist in my universe. We gotta kill her. And then, just, like, in the original one where it's, like, well, I don't know how he feels about this, but just, like, the thought of, like, oh, well, what's gonna happen if he finds out that she's gay? And, like, like even she says, like, 
Yeah, he's already on his deathbed. If he finds out about it, he's going to die of that. And if he doesn't, then he's just going to die, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like just the reaction stuff. And even later on in the movie, when they finally do introduce them as a couple to Gong Gong, he's not... He didn't react the way I think they expected. Like, he seems a little surprised, mm-hmm. but he didn't seem, like, against it, if he even yeah. understood it. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I don't know if he's, like, at some form of, like, disability of, like, being old and, like, not there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. The one thing was, that was actually a different universe compared to the uh, stuck-in-the-wheelchair um, first universe we go into. The one where they're having their party, that was another similar universe, Mm -hmm. but it was a little bit different. I think that one was like, um, jumped kind of a bit ahead in time, where they just Mm -hmm. went home after the IRS building. They Mm -hmm. were trying to get things ready to go drop off the paperwork at six, and then they were going to have the party. But in that universe, he was still walking around. He didn't have like his wheelchair or anything. So I think mm-hmm. that one was just a tiny bit different. Oh, you're mm-hmm. saying that there was a... Wait. So you're saying the party at the end of the movie... That is a so. different multiverse <laughs> of the one at the beginning of the movie? Mm-hmm. That's a That's a separate one. It breaks I'm off. Thinking. But yeah. it's like <laughs> slight differences. So this... Because um, a lot of it takes place like really jumping pretty far. But this one, the, when we were seeing them at the party, it was showing a tiny difference where... The IRS fight never happened. So they just went home. Mm-hmm. And that's what that was. They were getting the party ready. I think it was like the decision that Alpha Wong... No, Alpha Wayman gave her where he was like, oh yeah, you can go to the closet or you can just do your own thing and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that universe is where she did her thing and like didn't, didn't pay attention to like the service closet. Sense. Yeah, That makes sense. So what happened to Main... Main world, uh, like, like main storyline, uh, universe is it's just a destroyed universe where there's just the bagel in it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what happened with the bagel because I remember when they pulled the mo- like her away, the bagel was still there, but I'm pretty sure they were able to get rid of it. Oh, I'm pretty sure there was just no save. Like the, the. It doesn't matter. They can be anywhere, anywhere. Or they can be anywhere, <laughs> that is true, actually, because it never does show that they close the bagel. True. It just kind of jumps that back to yeah, the Yeah, it goes back to yeah, the I just, world. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't mind, because that's where a lot of the movie's heart and kind of closure comes from. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But kind of moving aside from the characters, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is the movie's use of kind of general comedy. Just kind of the span of emotions the movie gives you whether it's comedy or it's more touchy moments more of like the writing yeah Yeah. there's some physical cringe involved as well (laughs) (laughs) i do do think it's a very funny movie and i want to kind of talk about the comedy side first but i know we all had a pretty good laugh watching it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what uh what was most effective comedic wise for you guys comedic bro uh (laughs) the 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 what did they call it? the rac the raccoon uh, oh raccoon yeah Dude. Uh, the, by far one of the my favorite like at first I'm like this is stupid and then <laughs> later on I'm like this is stupid but I love it <laughs> I I totally feel like that whole conversation of just like 
when she's first talking about like Ratatouille and how she like gets the name wrong and they're like, oh dude, Ratatouille, haha. <laughs> and I was like, I sat there and I was like, oh, that totally feels like just like a regular like family conversation. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. feels like that could have been like one of the writers being like, oh man, like, we totally did that to my mom. We can put that in the movie. <laughs> and someone's like, make it a universe make right it a now. Universe. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines in the movie too when uh. It goes from Alpha Waymond back to our normal universe Waymond, and he's like, "Was I Watcoon Waymond again?" <laughs> is, that, is that Raccoon Joy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about the scene with the uh, the fight in the office with the questionable trophies? Questionable trophies, <laughs> bro. True humor. I was uh, I was like foreseeing it the very first time I saw it. I saw those. Didn't register at all, but then it showed them again. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I, I want to know if they fully if these guys are method actors and they actually shove stuff up, up their butts. Yeah, to be a little gross, not necessarily explicit, but the IRS building they're in, they have these trophies on uh, Deidre's desk that are basically just like butt plugs, and I thought it was funny because you always think of corporations as having like something up their butt. I just thought it was a good laugh that, like, their literal trophies kind of resemble that. (laughs) But, yeah, there's a scene in the movie where Evelyn's fighting these two guys, and they're... They basically are thrown out of their current, like, verse jump path. They need path. to get a new jump path. And, and so, they gotta do something weird. The guy's like, I need a new jump path. And then you see him look over to the trophy on the desk, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then he finds a bigger trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole fight is Evelyn trying to stop this guy from shoving the, the butt plug trophy up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> then I, well, I, I was I was sort of happy. I'm not a big fan of nudity in movies. I think it's I, I I've never it's always been a turnoff for movies. I'm like okay, I'm I'm they're, they're pulling me out of this, um. But I saw like the bare legs of the other dude. And I'm like oh no, I'm gonna see uh, I'm gonna see yeah. I'm gonna see this man's everything right now. <laughs> and then they they blurt it out. I'm like that actually makes it comically more hilarious. Mm-hmm. But. Right. <laughs> but they didn't do it later in the movie when he shows up again. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't have the the bar on him. But he's, he was still pantsless. He, he was just pantsless. They, were, they, oh, didn't, like, like, they didn't have that below view. They always <laughs> had the above view. Yeah, I view. didn't notice. I didn't <laughs> notice. But, yeah. I avoided my gaze at him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but if, you do you if you like that, but... Right. I mean, I kind of sit here like, we see boobs all the time. Why do the boys get to have the bar on them? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like I said, I'm not a big fan of any nudity in movies usually. So. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to block out one of like, like if they're not going to have one thing, just don't do any of it or just go all out. I don't care. <laughs> watch some of uh, watch some of A24's other movies because they, they kind of avoid censoring <laughs> for both. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Men? That, was, that was a lot. <laughs> I love men. The movie. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just really efficient comedy, effective comedy throughout. I thought it was just so funny. But it's really impressive how the movie manages to be so serious, but also so funny, but also getting you to the point of, like, almost crying. Like, me personally, I've seen the movie three times, and every time Waymond gives, like, his final speech, 
I, I don't cry, but I get very close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, nobody look at me. I think I'm about to be a mess. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn this much eyeliner. You gotta cry. Yeah, it it gets pretty touching at the end because you have uh, Waymond giving his worldview to Evelyn, which kind of propels things into the conclusion, but also um, how it ties into Evelyn and the daughter resolving their conflict, where you see all these special effects where it's like the two rocks colliding, two planets colliding, and like things coming together, and then it just cuts to them hugging. Which just comes off as really strong. Because it's like you feel the impact of what that hug means to them, even as a viewer who doesn't know either of them personally. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just how effective they make it in the movie. Mm -hmm. One scene that was very surprisingly, like... Like, one scene that I loved a lot for, like, its emotional value is the the universe where they're just rocks. They're just rocks. (laughs) Like, like I feel... Like, we have a friend who's blind, and... Uh, they, we, whenever I watch a movie with him, we do like audio description or whatever. And he likes watching movies, even though he can't see. So it defeats the watching a movie thing. But anyways, <laughs> um, like just seeing the, the subtitles and that being the dialogue and there's no music. It's just, I don't know. It was an interesting situation where like, um... Uh, like you had like the emotional stuff of like the relationship between the daughter and the mother, but then you also got the really funny parts of the, of like uh, like ah oh, language and just like <laughs> and then and they're like yeah, but then all like, of a sudden it's just like the ha 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 just both laughing and yeah. text. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so good. The whole rock sequence is dead silent and it's just subtitled, but. It's really creative what they do with some of the, like, universes they portray. That one in particular I thought Mm. was really cool. (laughs) Like, it gives you a chance to just, like... Breathe. Yeah. It's it's one of those moments that's just, yeah, it's just a calm thing where you don't really have to think too much about it. Other than the fact that, like, okay, we're rocks. Don't worry about that. This is no dialogue. Right. (laughs) And they they even make that touching because, like you said, it... There's the uh, part where Evelyn's rock kind of starts to nudge over towards Joy's rock, and she's like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Joy's rock is like, stay away. (laughs) You're supposed to be a rock in here. You can't move. (laughs) There are no rules. (laughs) Do I walk? So, yeah, really cool balance. That's on googly eyes on her rock. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Right. Just really cool to see how they play around with the emotions without anything really feeling overdone or underdone or unrealistic. Because the movie takes you through all those feelings, but it takes the time to set them all up. So mm-hmm. the payoff is really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, talking about googly eyes, uh, Amy has googly eyes m- made up on her like face. Whoa. Stop. <laughs> this right. is my eyes. Right here. Oh. Whoa. She's like, do you notice anything? I'm like, Sam, do you see anything? I'm like, no, it's like literally the size of a freckle. I have two billion of these on my body. I, I don't notice every single one of them. So it's the same situation. My poor ginger friend. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so to kind of sum up here, I just want to kind of get our personal rating 
on the movie. Feel free to rate it however you like. I'm pretty traditional. I usually stick to either like letter grade or out of 10. But for me, it's full score. I love this movie so much, and it's an easy like 10 out of 10 or A plus for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does everything right. There's nothing in the movie I don't like, and it's the most unique viewing experience this year has given me, but it's also like the most unique one I've just had out mm -hmm. of pretty much everything I've seen. Mm -hmm. So it's quickly become not like any order that I've listed, but it's in my top five for sure somewhere. What about you guys? We'll start with you, Amy. What would you give the movie? I'd probably give it the same thing. Like, it'd, it'd be up there in, like, my top five or top ten. Like, it's probably one of my favorites. Like, movies of all time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's definitely my number one movie for this year. So far. Yeah, the year hasn't ended yet. Is it Batman? Yeah. Batman's okay. number two now. Isn't that frustrating, <laughs> though, that this movie didn't really get the time in theaters or, like, the attention called to it? Yes. <laughs> makes me so mad it was literally in the theater in our town city whatever we want to call it it was only there for like a week yeah it was literally there for like a week and a half in yeah. theaters yeah. i wonder i wonder what it was like outside of the state like mm -hmm. it, like if it was like in california mm -hmm. or like yeah i wonder yeah. if it was because utah doesn't give as much love to the R-rated movies yeah. that are more, like, out there. Yeah. Especially in, in our city where it's just a whole bunch of old people. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, I want to I wanna watch, uh, I just want to watch documentaries. Why does this man have hot dogs for fingers? <laughs> <laughs> what is that trophy? What is that? That's not a creative-looking trophy. That is your golden. <laughs> Not a, not a rock. Yeah, when when well, I can say for good news is they did hit a hundred point seven million worldwide. Oh, what was okay. their what was their um? Does what it was their, their budget? budget? Yeah, that's what um, I was Budget says they <laughs> earned about five hundred nine thousand from ten venues in its opening weekend. Okay, that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> surprised that like like because i know said i think they produced it or something but the russo brothers helped out in some like big way with the movie so i'm kind of surprised that people didn't really look at the movie yeah that i that i did not know so the directors they call themselves the daniels but it's daniel kwan and daniel shiner i believe are the two that directed it <laughs> their, their, their last names weren't daniel right <laughs> Our wonderful Sam here found the budget for the movie. I am the smartest man alive. I did just search up everything, everywhere, all at once, um, uh, budget, and it said $25 million. Oh, So okay. it, And you said they, 100 You said they, 100 They got million? $100 million, um, for worldwide. They got $70 million United States, and then $30 million in uh, other countries. Okay, so Utah didn't give it the love it deserved, but if you live somewhere else, maybe you like this movie more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine um, California was, like, the big spot where it was, like, treated with yeah, love. Yeah, because, like, I did have the privilege of seeing it in theaters, and you were there, right? We both saw it in theaters? Yeah. Yeah, we went out. Uh, it was just kind of like a date night. Jeremiah was third-wheeling it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> 
we but, got on that too. <laughs> I wasn't I, left out. Me being like the big fan of A24 that I am, it, to me it's just a new A24 release and I wanted to go see it. And I didn't really have expectations because I didn't go in with a lot of knowledge, but I came out of it just being so impressed. So I'm really glad I got to see it where it was intended in theaters. Mm -hmm. It's still an excellent movie on the small screen, but it's definitely an experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm hoping that they get nominated for stuff because then that will bring it back to the theater, at least yeah. theaters around here. Yeah, because that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I hoping could, they get nominated. I could they pretty easily see this movie winning a lot, whether it's like, the direction, the acting, costumes, mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. everywhere, yeah, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so obscure, mu obscure mu obscure movies. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say movies and obscure at the same time. They usually get awards, and I'm like, I don't, I've never seen this before. It's whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know about A24 as a whole, but I know like. I know their whole, like, a lot of their movies are, like, horror-based, mm. and horror doesn't really get treated well with or all, psychological like, thrillers. Yeah. 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 They don't get treated well, like, with, like, getting awards and stuff when some of them do deserve it. Mm. But I don't know if that would be also considering, like, A24 as a whole, but I'm pretty sure they have movies that got nominated for stuff. Mm. Right. Well, Actually, my... Sort of to keep it on going, my bad. Um... <laughs> Uh, I would, I give this probably, I don't know if I could ever give a, a movie like a five out of five. So I'm going to give it like a four and a half. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's one of the movies that, like, it's a really fun, uh, film. Like, um, I think one of my favorite films is Scott Pilgrim versus the world just because of the fact of how fun it is. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I think those two movies compete for top spot of most fun movie. Um, and not saying it's my favorite movie, but I had a lot of fun with it, and I really liked it. So, yeah, I'm about 4.5 4, 4. out of 5. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you, Sir Jeremiah. Um, I definitely will give it a good... Uh, solid score, definitely can say 10 out of 10. Um, fantastic movie. I didn't find any faults with it either. Mm. They portrayed it really well. Pacing was really good. Ups and downs. And they did, they did something that, in a time where making something new isn't always easy, it, so many things have been done, you could probably find similar things out there. But they did their best interpretation for this movie and definitely did something unique that isn't shown in a lot of other movies. Right. Mm -hmm. So that pretty much does it for this episode. It's a movie that we all thought was really solid. Uh, definitely, if you guys haven't seen it, take the time, try and find, I don't know where it's uh, streaming, but either find a place it's streaming if you're so inclined, pick up a DVD copy, it's worth the watch. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, something that we're going to recommend even more. Listen to our show, The Average Joe Show. <laughs> uh, look for us on Instagram and TikTok. We haven't posted anything on TikTok yet. We're at AJS underscore podcast. Sorry to throw my plug in there. No, you're good. <laughs> I have personally listened to your guys' show. I think it's very entertaining. Oh, thank you. And Thanks. I do recommend checking it out. 
And we're going to have these guys for another episode. Undetermined yet. I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but this is, yeah, yeah. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> oh yeah so yeah look forward to that but in the meantime if you guys feel so inclined join us back in our next episode hopefully uh this is only the third so far but hopefully the third of many to come thank you for taking the time to listen to us today and with that go in peace and we hope you guys have a great day Bye-bye. bye 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 bye